chapter, praise God, Galatians chapter 3, I've got, um, I got digital notes, I've got uh, printed notes, I got notes in my heart, I got, <laughs> I just got lot, lots of notes, amen. I think what's happening for me um, as I've studied through these things um, now, you know, different times over the years, is I'm seeing connections with things that um, I haven't seen or haven't noticed before. And I believe that it's, you know, important for us to connect the different teachings in the Word of God together um, so that we can see a bigger picture. There's different ways that we can describe this. Um, the, the fancy word is exegesis, E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S. -E -E and that's the idea of, of something being unfolded. Um, so if you could, you know, imagine, you know, a, a, a glossy eight and a half by 11 photograph of yourself and it, and it being folded with the picture on the outside and, and it folded all the way up to where you just got like maybe that part of your eyebrow. But then as you begin to unfold it, more and more of the picture comes into view until there's a complete unfolding of it and you can see it clearly. Another way to understand this would be like if you've ever worked a jigsaw puzzle and you know, maybe there's a you know, red speedboat down in the bottom left corner and those pieces are easy to find and you kind of put those together. But then all that blue water, you know, that's no fun, you know, trying to work that jigsaw puzzle. Um, but then, you know, over here there's a, a beach house, you know, and a, and a cliff. And, you know, so you begin to put these different things, you know, together, but there's a lot in between that, that needs to be put in place so that you can see how they fit together. And what we have in the body of Christ is, you know, we have people that, you know, okay, we know a little bit about this, or we know a lot about that, and we know some more about this. But where things really start to come alive inside of you is, is when you begin to see how all of those things fit together and connect together. Amen. And so that's what I'm seeing um, now that we've been really focused on what the Bible says about the blessing of Abraham now come upon the Gentiles and how that uh, connects together with things like our salvation and our justification, how that fits together with things like giving His Word place in our heart, how that fits together um, with other things like our fellowship with God, things that, that are recurring themes here at Heritage, things that, that you know, it's our gospel, it's, 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 what, it's what we preach and teach and and are led by the Holy Spirit to emphasize. Uh, but you combine that with um, also what the Bible teaches about protection and provision and prosperity and promotion and, and, and to see again how all that fits together. And you know, if we're gonna go back to that jigsaw puzzle analogy, um, the, the one thing that joins them all together, like if it was a jigsaw puzzle of a, you know, of a, uh, ocean scene or something like that, then all that blue water and sky would be faith. Faith is, is the common element that connects it all together. 
And the same faith that we use to receive healing, the same faith that we, that we use to receive salvation. And notice how there's a lot of folks who've had a lot of teaching about salvation. Some of us, you know, raised in church, we heard, you know, salvation by faith, salvation by faith, salvation by faith. So frequently, so often, that now anyone who comes forward to receive salvation, we automatically begin to celebrate with this person, knowing, believing that they're going to receive salvation. What if we had been preached healing by that same faith, right? Because the same faith that receives salvation is the same faith that receives healing. But again, that's a piece of the puzzle that, that, that still needs some work, so to speak, in a lot of people's lives. They don't see that um, as clearly as they see um, the part of, of God's work in their life, you know, like we would see salvation. Amen? All right. So let's, um, Galatians chapter 3. And verse number seven, it says, therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So only means that and no more. Um, and, you know, only means only. It's kind of like must means must. Um, so therefore, know, you need to get that nailed down, in other words, in your heart, that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And so look at me for a moment, that, that may or may not be someone who is a biological descendant of Abraham. That, in other words, you could have someone who literally was born um, from Abrahamic seed, um, but not be a son of Abraham. And then you could have someone who was born of Gentile seed, in other words, not biologically descendant from Abraham, but because of their faith, they be a son, that individual will be a son of Abraham when uh, a biological descendant is not. Amen? Because what we see as Galatians unfolds is that Abraham, remember, had Ishmael and Isaac, right? And Ishmael was born of the flesh. Isaac was born of the spirit. Ishmael represented Abraham trying to do it himself. Isaac represents Abraham trusting God and allowing God to do what only he could do. Okay. Ishmael represents um, the, the works of the flesh. Isaac represents the promise of the Spirit. And the Bible says that like Isaac, we are, me and you are, children of promise. Amen. In other words, we, we're not children of God. We're not sons of Abraham and children of God because of our works. But we are sons and daughters of Abraham, children of God, because we've been born not of the flesh, but of the Spirit. Amen. Are you seeing this? This is really, really important. And so he's making sure that, that we recognize this, number one, because there are people who think, as we saw in Jesus' interaction with them in John the 8th chapter, there, there are people who had an entitlement attitude simply because they were biological descendants of Abraham. And they were pretty arrogant about it. When Jesus tried to help them, and they just got right back in his face and said, hey, we... We're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage to anyone. 
how dare you suggest, I'm paraphrasing now, how dare you suggest that we need to be made free? And Jesus said, I, I'm, I'm not talking about governments and, and um, politics. I'm talking about being free from sin, right? Which we know now it means to be born again. And Jesus said that a servant does not abide in the, in the master's house, but that a son abides in the house forever, forever. So again, he was talking to biological descendants of Abraham, but he was clearly saying to them that something more was needed in order for them to be true sons of Abraham, which ultimately means being a true son or daughter of God. Amen? All right, am I going too fast for you? Everybody good? All right, verse number eight. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith... Justify means to be made righteous, and that's what we're going to zero in on tonight in the time that we have remaining. Justify means to be made righteous. The Scriptures foreseeing that God would make righteous the Gentiles by faith, not by works. Okay? Gentiles, again, means anyone that, that did not biologically descend, physically descend from Abraham. Okay? Now, as, as late as the book of Acts... Right. Um, in other words, Jesus has already come to this earth. He's already, you know, ministered to Jewish and non-Jewish people. Um, the prophets prophesied that all nations, you know, would would be welcomed in. There were there were practicers of Judaism that were not descendants of Abraham in the Old Testament. We're not going to look at all that tonight, but you know. We also see that God's ultimate promise to Abraham was that through Abraham, all nations of the earth would be blessed, not just the nation that descended biologically from Abraham. And then, of course, we see Jesus ministering to the Jew first, but we also see him ministering to, to, to um, non-Jewish believers, even Samaritans. Samaritans were, were half Jew, half non-Jew. And, and yet Jesus ministered to and loved them all. But we're still you know, knee-deep in the book of Acts before the early church, when I say the early church, it's the same church we're a part of, but, amen, in the early days of the church, when they really felt like God was behind them preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. Um, Gentiles were considered to be dogs, animals. A lot of folks in those days didn't believe that they had a soul to save, Okay. But of course, Father God corrected that and, and, he, and he showed that. So as we read this, this, you know, especially I would say most, if not all of us in here tonight are, are Gentiles, you know, by physical birth. Um, so we read this and it's really not that big of a deal to us. You, you have to try to at least try to comprehend what a huge breakthrough, what a huge uh, change this was back in the days in which it was written. All right. But the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Amen. Amen. So I just, I know some of you were, were here this morning, some of you were not. I just want to remind you one more time. That the blessing you've been given includes protection, provision, come on now, prosperity, and promotion. And we said that that 
that this blessing that's now upon you as a born-again believer um, not only includes these things, but it includes these things um, at an exceptional level. In other words, Abraham was not protected below average or average. He was protected above average. And that's one of the things that we try to spell out this morning. And so we've got to recognize that the blessing upon us um, separates us from other people in the world. Listen to me now. Now, I, I, don't, I don't want you to misunderstand me. Hear me, though. And the degree to which you have faith in God and the blessing that's upon you and your family, right, it will separate you from other born-again believers who have that same blessing. Amen. In other words, if you're a born-again man or a woman, you've been blessed. And protection, provision, prosperity, and promotion is yours. But even amongst those that have received this blessing, we see that some stand out more than others, right? Because they have renewed their minds, they, they you know, are speaking blessing, they're speaking prosperity, they're, in other words, they're going after it, they're laying hold of it. But remember, Father wants to make you living proof of a living God. He, he wants to prove what is His um, and Romans 12 says it, says it this way, good, acceptable, perfect will. That's not three degrees of his will. That's speaking of the beneficial, well-pleasing, all-encompassing will of God for your life. He's wanting to prove that. Um, in other words, one, one passage says that he wants to make an example out of you of his goodness. Jesus said that you are the light of the world and you should be placed on a pedestal. And see, we start getting nervous when we start talking about putting somebody on a pedestal, right? Oh, oh, oh. no, no, no. We're, you know, we're not supposed to put people on pedestal. No, you're not supposed to put them on a pedestal, but Father wants to put you on a pedestal so that people can, can see His goodness and be drawn to um, your light. I know that, again, that makes some people uncomfortable, where people can be drawn to your light and ultimately find Him as their light as well. Amen. Now, Let's, um, let's do this, praise God. Speaking of His will, remember, Father wants blessing for you and fellowship from you, okay? One more time, He wants blessing for you. Father created you, obviously for different reasons. I'm not just trying to oversimplify this, but the first thing He did when He created Adam was He blessed him. I believe you just couldn't wait to bless him. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, um, you, you know, Pam is a really good shopper and, and she likes to, you know, buy Christmas gifts and things in advance and find deals and get stuff on sale and stuff. But I'm notorious for like, if she gets, you know, somebody something, I just want to go ahead and give it to them. You know, just so excited about giving it to them, you know. And she's like, are you really going to give it to them now? It's like, yeah. She goes, all right, we'll find something else for their birthday or what have you. And, and I think that's kind of the heart behind our Heavenly Father. He just couldn't wait to put His blessing upon Adam. Father wants blessing for you and fellowship from you. Now, this is what we talked about last week. Sin separated us from fellowship with the Father, disqualified us for the blessing, and qualified us for the curse. Th these are three of the key um, problems that sin created. Three 
effects caused by sin. One more time, sin separated us from fellowship with the Father. Remember, God created you because He wants fellowship from you, but sin made that fellowship impossible. Sin disqualified us for the blessing. Remember, Father created you because He wants to bless you, but, but sin disqualifies us. In other words, you're not qualified to be blessed because of sin. But we also see while it disqualified us for the blessing, it at the same time qualified us for the curse. Okay? Now, I know that I'm going over some stuff rather quick, but I'm trying to get uh, to one uh, place tonight, and we'll settle in there for just a few minutes, okay? Um, when we talk about justified, okay, justified means qualified. Now, Jesus was a master communicator, okay, and, and he would use, sometimes it's lost in our English translation, but he would use similar words like this you know, to make them memorable and, and to drive his point home um, when he was talking about Petra and Petros and, and that play on of words with Peter being a chip off the, 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 the rock, but Jesus being the rock. Um, and so I know it's going to require a little bit more explanation for some of you who weren't here when we first talked about this, but Remember, Father's will is blessing for you, fellowship from you, okay? And we became disqualified for the blessing and disqualified for the fellowship. But aren't you glad tonight that he had a plan? This is, this is what you, if you hear salvation talked about him in, the plan of salvation is Father's plan to get you qualified once again for fellowship with him and to receive blessing from him. Okay? You with me still? This is important. All right. So qualified for fellowship and qualified for blessing. It's what I'm, I'm wanting, let's at least work on this part of the big picture tonight as far as a puzzle is concerned, okay? We see that, and I'll show you some verses in just a moment. Some of you will be familiar with those verses. Some of you may be, um, you know, hearing them for the first time. But the Bible teaches that we've been justified and the simplest way to understand what justified means is just as if I had never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. Come on now. Just as if I'd never sinned. Amen. Now, Father made a way for you and me to be justified not just so that we could get a justification badge or something and, and put it on our, you know, uh, uh, lapel and brag about being justified. You've been justified because justified means qualified. Justified means you've been qualified once again for fellowship. You've been qualified once again for blessing. Amen? So, 
again, this word justified means just as if I've never sinned. Not See, come on now, we've got to get a hold of this. I know we hear this a lot from this pulpit. I'm going to keep on sharing it with you, okay? Being justified is more than being forgiven. Forgiven is not just as if I'd never sinned. Forgiven is I sinned, I've been forgiven, now I'm a forgiven sinner. Okay? No, no, no. See, again, justified is far more than that. Justified is just as if you had never sinned to begin with. Okay? Never sinned, not sinned and I messed up, but he forgave me. I'm so, so thankful you forgave me. That would be enough. I mean, if I was negotiating this deal, that's like the best we would think we could hope for. No, no, no. Father, because remember, he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. He didn't just forgive you uh, of your sin. He has justified you, right, so that you're now before him as one who's never sinned. Okay? So... This word um, justified, it shares the same root word as the words you'll see a lot in the Bible. And that's the word righteous or the word righteousness. Okay? So justified, translated English, doesn't sound anything like righteous or righteousness. I mean, it's like, how could these two words be related? But remember, the Bible wasn't written in English. You go back to the original language, and we see that these words are very similar, just, you know, different, you know, derivatives or, or conjugations, what have you, um, depending on how it's used, of the same Greek root word. It's just translated righteous, righteousness, or justification, justified. But again, it's, it's the same root. And what this simply means, are you ready? is right before God in the eyes of God. So to be justified or to be made righteous, again, it's basically synonymous with one another. It means to be right before God in the eyes of God. Okay? Now, watch this because this is important. Only those who are right before God in the eyes of God qualify for fellowship with God and blessing from God. If you, if, you're not, if you don't have right standing with Him, you don't qualify. Only those who have right standing with God qualify for fellowship with God. Only those who have right standing with God qualify to receive blessing from God. So if you're not in right standing, you're out. You're on the outside looking in. Right? So let's drill deeper down into this now because this is what I really felt led, again, of the Holy Spirit to focus in on tonight. And I know it's for all of us, but it's also for, for some people here tonight in particular. In other words, the Word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit's our teacher, and He's teaching all of us. But I'm just, I know in my heart that somebody in here is going to receive a breakthrough tonight as, as you lay hold of these truths, okay? I'm really, really excited about it. So one more time, only those who are right before God in the eyes of God qualify for fellowship with God and blessing from God. But watch this now. What if you've been justified and don't realize it? What if you've been justified? What if you've been made right before God in the eyes of God? And by the way, because we've been given the right standing, uh, the same right standing that Jesus enjoys, because remember, I'll show it to you in the Bible in just a moment. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you don't have some second tier, third tier, um, you know, uh, hand me down right standing with God. You've got the only right standing with God that is accepted by God, and that's the same right standing as Jesus 
right? His, his was only begotten, now he's the firstborn among many brethren. So you have the same right standing with God as Jesus himself. That's, that's, that's something right there to get excited about. Amen. Okay? So every born-again person has been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But my experience is a whole bunch of people who have been born again have no idea what happened to them the day that they were. They have no idea what's true about them. They have no idea that they've been made just as right in the, in the eyes of God before God as Jesus himself. They don't think of themselves that way. They don't see themselves that way, right? And so because they don't understand this truth of their righteousness, they don't enjoy the fellowship with God that they could otherwise enjoy. So what's the point? Enjoying your fellowship with God depends upon understanding and confidence in your right standing with him. I, that, for some reason, every now and then my computer does that. It didn't finish the statement, all right? Um, so you will never have faith in the blessing if you have no understanding or faith in your righteousness. Are, are you following this? See, again, it's, it's like... Um, <clears throat> And this is another piece that's connected in all this. We're going to be joining it, uh, you know, with all this here in the, in the coming days. But when the Lord spoke to uh, our heart about launching, uh, you know, this portion of the Lord's ministry and kingdom called Heritage Christian Center in June of 98, um, he laid it on our heart to, to, to call this body the Heritage Christian Center. And that we would center on Christ and, 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 and it would be about heritage. And your heritage is what belongs to you because of who you are. See, you're, the blessing of Abraham that belongs to you now doesn't belong to you based upon what you've done. It, it's, it's something that belongs to you because of who you are. It's not based on what you do or don't do. It's based upon who you be, not based upon what you do. You don't inherit based upon uh, works. You inherit based upon identity. Come on now, this is exciting. All right? So we, we started, you know, trying to teach people what belonged to them because of who they were, and, and, and it, it wasn't really connecting it seemed to be sailing over people's heads. And I went before the Lord and I said, Lord, I don't understand what's going on here. He said, you're trying to tell them what belongs to them because of who they are and they don't know who they are yet. Right? So, you know, it, when we understand that we've been made right before God in the eyes of God and this is what qualifies us to have an equal share in, in the inheritance, to have an equal share in the divine nature of God, Second Peter teaches us, to have an equal share in the same blessing that was on Abraham that caused him to be exceptionally protected, exceptionally provided for, exceptionally prosperous, and exceptionally promoted. When others were not being provided for, Abraham was. When others were not being protected, Abraham was. Amen. And this is the blessing that we have an equal share in. And notice though, if, if, we, if we, uh, we will never have faith in the blessing if we have no understanding or faith in our right standing, in our righteousness. In the same way, we'll never enjoy fellowship with God. If we're constantly... Have you, have you ever tried to have a relationship with somebody who was insecure and was constantly trying to give you something, constantly trying to earn your love, and you already loved them? 
Are you with me? Come on now, am I the only one that can relate to that? It was just, it was like, it was like they were, they, they never could just relax in your presence. They, they never could just enjoy time with you. They, they always felt like they had to impress you. They always felt like they had to try to do something so that you would love them. My friend, that is, that is, that is not a very enjoyable relationship. I got the right bunch tonight. That's not an enjoyable relationship. And Father doesn't enjoy that either. When we, when we think that we, we got to qualify ourselves, that we've got we've to somehow be good enough uh, and, and, and obedient enough for Him to care anything about us. My friend, He loved us when we were at our worst. He died for us when we were yet sinners. He, he gave His life for us just to give us the opportunity to come back to Him and be given the gift of right standing with Him. He loves you, my brother my sister. We, we, so many people come to him like they're a bother. He says, come boldly. Come like you belong, because you do. Amen. Amen. But again, if, if, if we have little to no understanding, or even if we have understanding but don't have faith in, the, in what the Word of God says about our right standing with God the Father, then... Um, we're not going to enjoy our fellowship with Him. Enjoying our fellowship with Him depends upon understanding and confidence in your right standing with Him. If you, if you don't think you have right standing with Father, then you're going to probably more than likely avoid Him rather than seek out time with Him. Amen. Amen. You know, I've shared this recently. I'll share it again. That was one of the things that I struggle with because... You know, I, I thought what God wanted from me was perfection. And I would try and try and try, but I couldn't be perfect. And so when I would fail at my efforts to be perfect, it would interfere with my fellowship with Him, the exact opposite of the thing that He wanted most from me. Right? So I felt like I let Him down. I felt like I wasn't pleasing Him because I, I, I struggled in this area of my flesh or that area of my flesh. So that, that caused me to tend to pull away from Him the opposite of the very thing that He wants me to do, and that's draw near to Him. Right? And if we draw near to Him, He'll draw near to us. But trying to make ourselves right before God in the eyes of God is pride. And, and what does pride do? Pride causes God to resist you. He gives grace to the humble, resist the prideful. So the pride in me trying to make myself right before God in the eyes of God was not only causing me to pull further away from Him, but it was, it was shutting down His flow of grace in my life, the very grace that I needed to teach me how to live righteously and soberly and godly in this present evil age. Are you seeing how this works, right? Amen. All right, you got a minute or two longer? Is this okay? Now, I want you to think about this for a moment, all right? The only way to be permanently qualified is to be permanently justified. Okay? The only way to be permanently qualified is to be permanently justified. If justified means qualified, then temporary justification 
could only produce temporary qualification. So I word it this way, a temporary righteousness can only support temporary fellowship and temporary blessing. If our righteousness is on again, off again, depending on, you know, uh, how well we're hitting the mark this week or, or, or today, because our fellowship and our blessing is dependent upon our standing, if our standing, right, with God and right standing with Him is, is based on something temporal, then our fellowship with Him is at best going to only be temporal and his blessing that on our life means we're only going to temporarily qualify for it. Now, I don't know, I don't know if, if, if folks have ever like thought it through like this, but there's a lot of folks, whether they have ever put it in these words, this is, this is a reflection of their relationship with God. In other words, they think, like, if, if we're really doing good and, you know, we've been faithful at church now three weeks in a row and, and um, you know, we haven't lost our temper and, and um, hadn't been drunk in weeks, you know, and so, man, you know, um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm right with God. And now because I'm right with God, you know, I feel comfortable coming to church. Man, I, I even lifted my hands two Sundays ago, you know, and... and um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about to muster up some, some, uh, some confidence that, that maybe God's going to help me find a better job. And, and you see, in other words, right, but then all of a sudden we, we, we have a, a hit a rough spot and, and get frustrated and maybe don't get some rest, not feeling good, lose our temper. You know, so now it's like, well, you know, can't come to church, too embarrassed about that and you know, I know God's not going to try to help me now because I blew it again. And so again, notice that as the only way, I'm going to go back to it now, the only way to be permanently qualified is to be permanently justified. A temporary righteousness can only support temporary fellowship and temporary blessing. So this leads us to one of the most important things you can ever understand as a born-again believer and that is understanding how someone is made right before God in the eyes of God. Many people still think they must make themselves right by their own works and efforts. This is wired into our carnal minds. Carnal minds means fleshly thinking, worldly thinking. And is common to a worldly mindset. In other words, how people look at things okay let me give you, you got time for a couple more verses all right romans chapter 10 beginning at verse 1 brethren my heart's desire and prayer to god for israel is that they may be saved for i bear them witness that they have a zeal for god but not according to knowledge for they being ignorant of god's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of god for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Amen. In other words, Jesus drew a line in the sand and he separated one season, one 
era, if you will, from the other. The former era was about obeying the law of Moses, and if you could obey all, all 613 of those commands, then you qualified for the blessing. But Jesus drew a line in the sand. Why, why would you qualify for the blessing? It's because you obeyed the commands, and that gave you right standing. Are you seeing this? You obey the commands, gives you right standing, right standing qualifies you for, for, um, for the blessing. Okay. Well, Jesus changed all that. He is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Okay, one, one more. Romans 5 and 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, this is speaking of Adam's sin, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Okay. It was Abraham and the blessing of the Lord that was upon him caused him to reign in life. So much so that kings envied him and his descendants. Right? You remember Solomon? The blessing of the Lord, the blessing of Abraham was on Solomon. And, you know, the, the wealthiest queen from the east, right? She had to come see for herself because she had heard of the beauty and the splendor and the wealth and the architecture and all these things. And she, didn't, she thought it was being exaggerated until she came and saw it for herself. And when she left, she said the half had not been told. The half had not been told of the... In other words, not only was it not exaggerated, those who tried to exaggerate it couldn't do it halfway justice of what it really was to see. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know how like you're, you're, you're eating and, and there's that, you know, there's like six pieces of okra left. On, and, and my mom would say something like, you know, it, you know, it'd be a shame just to leave that little bit, Right? So I got one more verse. It'd be a shame to leave that little bit right there. So the last piece of okra. Amen. Galatians 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Come on, stand with me tonight. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit is speaking, again, of fellowship. That's the promise of the Spirit is, is God not just having fellowship with you, but Him becoming one with you. Him coming, your born-again Spirit, and God's Holy Spirit becoming one Spirit. Amen. I was praying for brother this morning. Um, our brother came to the altar this morning. I was, I was praying for him. And listen, I don't you think I was just phoning it in, man. I was praying. I was praying the Holy Spirit. But as I was praying the Holy Spirit, it's like the Holy Spirit began to show me some things that I'd never thought of before. Maybe you thought of them years ago. He said, I never called you the fiancé of Christ. I never called you the fiancé of Christ. See, we think like we're the bride-to-be. 
and that one day we're going to be married to him? No. We are the bride of Christ now. We are one with him now. All of our teenagers are gone, so I'm not trying to be graphic. I know this may make some of you uncomfortable, but I'm sitting right over there praying for our brother. He said, our union has already been consummated. And I put my seed in you. I came into you. And we are one. And I don't do divorce. Not the fiancé of Christ. Amen. Amen. Right? I know this makes us men uncomfortable, but reckon the, reckon the bride of Christ has favor with Jesus' dad. You see what I'm saying? You follow what I'm saying here? I mean, oh, praise God. So, why did I bring all that up? Permanent justification means permanent qualification. Praise God. Father, you're good to us and we love you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for all that you've given to us. Thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Father, for two reasons. Number one, you said it, and number two, we believe it. We, we lay hold of that promise by faith. We lay hold of that promise, Father, that says you give your angels charge over us to protect us from even stumping our toe, the most insignificant of, of injuries, Father. You, you said even that was something important that you want to protect us from. Father, thank you tonight for what you're revealing to us. Thank you tonight, Father, for what you're, you're showing us. And Father, it's more than just one 35, 40-minute sermon. It's, it's, it's a... It's a it's your masterpiece of faith and justification and qualification and blessing and righteousness and, and oneness and fellowship, inheritance, and, and oh, Father, so much more. Thank you, Lord, for helping us see it. Thank you, Father, for helping us lay hold of it. Thank you for a wonderful week ahead in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Good things coming. Amen.